Yeah, let's get to it. Hey, Ella. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Hey, everyone. Um, my name is Edwin. And I'm Tiffany. And we are here today. We are back, actually, from a, a couple weeks break, but mostly because, you know, sick and COVID and the world and everything else. Just life. Yeah, basically life. Got in the way. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a... Uh, okay, a very passionate topic for myself. I know, Tiffany, this must be very... A little bit spicy. Yes. Um, the never-ending battle of designers versus um, product managers. And I know it's probably like messed up to say, you know, versus, like it's a battle. But you know what? In my experience, it is. <laughs> it is Even if it's like Cold War, where it's like behind walls, it is still a battle. Unfortunately, yeah. Yes. So it is a cliche that designers and product managers managers have friction so we're going to talk about that where does that come from our experience with it and how you can actually survive the land field <laughs> of pms not all of them are bad <laughs> obviously like there's no such thing as like a blanket effect for everything it's like they there's a lot of i've met some really great pms and i've had the um the privilege of working with a lot of them but there's a lot of bad ones and the bad ones really stand out <laughs> in my opinion yeah they, they can have a big impact in your experience in your team and just as a designer in general. Yeah. So first question for you, what do you think is a product manager? <laughs> like yeah. The role, like so what, it, what are they? What are you? Honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen a formal definition of this anywhere, like on the job, but from my understanding... <laughs> Um, yeah, a, a product manager is a person who kind of, you know, um, they're like the glue to the team, really. They, you know, create some structure for the team to carry out projects, but also kind of, you know, help give direction to a lot of the the various influences that we have that, you know, factor into our work. Um, you know, maybe feedback from leadership or partner teams that we have to work with um, as product teams. And yeah, they're sort of like the mouthpiece and the, I don't know, the face of the team almost. Yeah, just, What's your... it, it, it's a way of, so let's say you have a team of engineers, you know, developers, and they're going to do something and you have designers ready to go. Like, what do they build? And what do they make sure that what they're building makes sense? And who tracks it that it's being built the right way and that it actually solves the need? And I think a product manager takes all those roles and gives them a little bit of, like, gives them direction, tracks it, supposedly. And then once they, and then the, like, a feature or product um, can actually move forward. I've always seen it, like, they're supposed to be the person who orchestrates the orchestra with the baton. And it's like, yeah, everybody's doing something and they know what they got to do, but somebody has to make sure that they're doing it the right way. <laughs> Right. Um, so that's what I think a PM is. We could go into their responsibilities, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because every PM is different. Like I've had PMs that create a ton of documentation and they function more like project managers tracking every step of the way with mm. problem solving sprinkled in once in a while. I've had PMs that do the opposite, zero documentation, and they just sort of disappear and just do presentations. Yeah. 
back-to-back meetings and tons of presentations with leadership. Yeah. Um, and then I ha- and you know I've also been with PMs that they feel like an extension of like the engineering team almost. Yeah, it's it's where... very hybrid, weird role, which is interesting to yeah. me because now there's so many PMs out there coming out, um, which is scary because. <laughs> I don't think you need that many PMs for projects. Same way as you don't need a project manager for every project. I don't think you need a product manager for everything. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But let's be empathetic to product managers. It must. I think it's a very hard job, even the times I've had to do it, because and I know you don't like me saying this, but they don't really produce anything. So their power <laughs> is really an influence. And what I mean by that is that they have all the accountability, but no, none of the responsibility, which is... If something fails, it's their fault. And if something succeeds, it's a team's, it's thanks to the team. And they're not designing, they're not doing research, they're not coding, they're not doing any of the things that actually go into the hands of like users yet. Yep. It's a it's a spicy take, but it's, you know, there's there's definitely truth to that, right? Like they're not the actual producers when it comes to physically like building out the the product um their their power really is in in the influence piece um but you know on a, from my personal standpoint i i really appreciate when a pm leans into um some product strategy yeah because I think that um, you know, design comes design comes in with their own perspective. Engineering comes in with their own perspective. You know, there's research, there's data, there's all these different <laughs> views, ways of looking at a problem. Mm-hmm. And without a person to like kind of help navigate all those different perspectives, it can really be challenging to just even move forward. So um, if they can kind of help create that structure, maybe. Um, add a little bit of strategy to the work that we're doing, then I, I, in my mind, that's ideal. Yeah. It's always nice when you're working on a project and you you have a question and there's somebody that can actually answer it instead of, because there could be so many people involved. You need, you need a source of like, what is happening? What is, what is the source of, what are we building? How does this fit into the, in the roadmap, which that's their thing. And how does it fit down the line? And, into the overall vision of the company. So it's kind of nice that there's somebody who knows that because we are the ones building. Like I'm actually designing, so mm-hmm. I can't be part of that at all times. And engineering can't be part of that at all times either. So it's important to exactly. somebody come in and be like, okay, this is what we're building. This is how much it costs. This is how long we expect it to take because of the cost. And please don't add scope creep and go. And our job is to go like, well, that's either a good or a stupid idea, <laughs> and so on and so. Give the feedback. Give feedback and no, I love I love your example of like the orchestrator um, because I actually view it very similarly. Like they're kind of like up in a tower where they see like that higher level view of what's going on, and and I'm in an area where like I see things, you know, that's related to design. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of like business, maybe a little bit of like what engineering's up to, and definitely more partnering with research and, and data. But like they get to see everything, not just like what the team's doing and thinking and what partner teams are doing and thinking, but also like what's, you know, on the pulse for leadership. And yeah. And that's why I think if, yeah, yeah if they do a good job, great. like that's an, that's a very powerful and amazing role, right? So, but if they do a bad job, 
they're like the evil person in the tower going like, <laughs> my subordinates do my bidding. And then they, <laughs> they completely destroy the morale. They completely destroy a feature, features that go nowhere. I've always said that if you ever use an app and it has oh. a feature that you're like, does this even fit into the app? Like, this feels like aimless. Or I feel like, why am I on this app? Whatever. It was probably a PM that was like, this was a good yep. idea. <laughs> so yep. those are bad PMs, not good PMs. But like, probably some. I play a lot of video games. So, like, I'll, I'll tell you, like, so I play Destiny 2 a lot, right? And there's a mode called Gambit. And I swear to God, I swear that the only reason that mode exists, because everybody hates it. Everybody, right? Universal. And, like, forums, Twitter, everything. Nobody plays it. It's because there's probably a PM somewhere that is like, well, it has a reward in it. So people are doing it. Metrics. Great. And that's the only reason I can think of, like, why would they do that? Just somebody's like, there's probably a PM there, a bad PM, just keeping it alive. Yeah, this this folds really nicely into kind of like, well, like, what are the expectations of a PM? Like, we we've kind of explained what we think their role is and maybe we're missing some things here and there. I mean, obviously this is coming from our own perspective and our experiences, but um, yeah, like what are the expectations of PMs and companies and, you know, how are they able to like really drive success for both the designer and like the team as a whole? So like, I'll tell you one, but I want to hear your perspective because so like in a startup, startup side bin, um, if it starts small and it keeps growing, you can actually see the point where you need a PM because in the beginning, there's very few people. So it's like, Oh, this is what we're building. And you tell the team, but then it gets to the point where your team is a little bit too big to micro manage at that level anymore. So not micromanage in a bad way, more like you, you can't tell directly all 50 people now what to do. Right? So what you do is say, we've decided from leadership that we need these five features in the app for this half of the year, go make sure the team builds them. And then they just back off. And a PM has to understand, at least in when it comes into like startups, has to understand what to do. They go, okay, I have to make meetings with the engineering to talk about scope and effort. I have to talk with design about the same thing. Um, I have to look at the roadmap. Do we need to get involved people earlier? When are we going to do testing? When is the release? Like they have to make mm-hmm. sure that everything just, function so yeah while they're not designing and they're not coding and they're not doing the research they they are trying to make it happen that's why it can either go really good or really bad because if they have their own agenda it can go really really bad or if they don't listen but if their expectations is the boss says do this they just make it happen with the entire team that's what i've always thought the expectations of a pm yeah, I I agree with that. I think that was a lovely like definition or like summary of like what how a PM can really um drive success for a team. Um I think the the issue that we've experienced or that I've experienced personally is that um I don't think PMs always have a clear role. They don't understand their role or their influence or even like what the different disciplines do and and how we're supposed to work together. And as a result, I've seen a lot of PMs just feel like they have the ownership of um, a product or a project and um, they kind of view themselves as like kind of like a 
dictator. Yep. I am Donald. Um, they're just sort of like telling, yeah, you know, what the, en- the engineers what to do, what they're supposed to build without getting their input. They're telling the designers, you know, yeah. what to design. Sometimes they'll even go into your files and like yeah. try to we are going in- change things on their own. <laughs> we are going into that list of what we think is a good and a bad PM. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's just do that. So like, we actually, sorry, buddy, we actually wrote a list because it was just, it was a lot. We don't want to forget. Like, how do you spot a good PM and how do you spot a bad PM? It's a small list we made. So I'll start with one. How do you spot a good PM? They're organized. I know that seems like duh, but it is totally not duh because I have seen a lot of people in the past, PMs that not that organized. And it's just like, what's going through your head? I don't understand. Like, I know nothing. So I've always thought that if they're organized in their work, that can reflect and propagate through the team. If they're just super yeah. disorganized, I'm like, ooh, red flag. <laughs> yeah. And you can learn a lot from someone who's really organized. I used to have a PM who was so good about documentation and just the way they would structure their documents, it was just so clear what it was that we were going to build, yep. the problems we were going to solve, what the drawbacks were, everything. And that really helps me in just organizing my own thoughts. Yeah. Like I would take that and say, okay, what's the the desi- the flip side of that from the design perspective, right? Like, you know, what, what are the, um, you know, like problems that design needs to solve? What are the, you know, like the drawbacks? What are the risks that, we'll, that we have? And, and I started to kind of, you know, organize my thoughts in that way and even start to write in that way as well. And that's helped me a lot from a leadership standpoint. Yeah. So um, when you have a, a really organized PM, I think it makes a huge difference. I know. I feel like I feel like I have PTSD. Like all I can hear, you know, like in the movies, they show the helicopters in the background. I see like documentation and like failed products, <laughs> like fading in and out of my sight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, um, and then I can just hear instead of like helicopter sounding, I can hear like metrics, opportunity. <laughs> it's like um, MVP. <laughs> oh so one thing that I think is good also about a PM is that they respect your role. And this is a subtle thing, but you can notice really quick if it's a good PM because do they respect the knowledge of the engineer when they're discussing with the engineer? Because their job sometimes is to, um, you know, challenge the engineer. Right. And then do they respect their opinion, their role? Do they respect design? Like, do they actually go in your documents and just start changing your Figma files? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I think that's super disrespectful. I would never go into it, their documents and just change things and be like, what was it that we used to say? It's like, oh, Oh, you don't don't need this. Yeah. Delete it. And no comments, just full blown delete. Or going into an engineer's uh, personal environment. You know, and just being like, I'm just going to start changing screw pull requests. I'm just going to start editing it. I don't care. <laughs> it's like pseudo and Git, like just everything. And it is sort of a little, I think that's very disrespectful. So if you see a PM uh, that respects the roles, but, you know, still challenges you, that that's a good sign. Absolutely. And I want to tag on to like, this is one thing that I've gotten really good about whenever I've whenever I work with a new PM is is um, kind of level setting expectations and boundaries, 
And I'm always like, these are my work hours. <laughs> I don't accept, I don't answer, you know, messages or emails past this point. Don't set up like 8.30, 9 a.m., you know, meetings. That's not my ideal um, time to do meetings. Like just, you know, being really transparent about that. And when you have a person that gets it and like tries to work with the different disciplines to understand like the the different work styles and needs, like you know, like that's amazing because if you if you have a bad PM, I think that that can be really disruptive to your workflow. <laughs> yeah, you know, having someone ping you every whatever. Like in the bathroom, <laughs> and ping, ping. Where are you? Where are you? And you're like, that's PAT. That's PTSD too. Yeah. When you hear that buzz, and you're like, oh gosh, please no. <laughs> Just like, like super snap. Um, another thing. Okay, this is something I. This is very sub. I don't know if it's subjective, but it, okay. This is a personal belief. I think that a PM that has never produced anything in the past has to work double hard to be a good PM, because if I transition from design to a product manager role or from engineering to product manager role, I can understand how a product is built. But imagine if I just come from like business school and I know nothing, it's really hard because I'm going to have different types of conversations. So here's an example. Imagine, and I've used this conversation, this analogy before, like construction, like if a designer is the architect designing the plans, the construction crew can still read them and they understand them. They go like, oh, why is this window here? Or like, oh, you're doing this wrong, right? And the architect can go to the construction site and go hey, this isn't following the plans. I know that you're taking a shortcut. I can see the material you're using. It's not appropriate. Like they can challenge each other. But imagine if a random mm -hmm. person comes in that knows nothing about construction and starts going, yeah, just put a window there. They're like, yeah, but that hits like a wall. <laughs> oh I don't care. Put a window there. And the construction site, why aren't you building the garage? And like, well, it's still not designed. You can just start building it. And then we'll just give you the plans later. It's fine. And everybody's like, what the fuck? is going on and that is literally why i always say if a, if a pm has never built a product you know in some shape or form or have never produced like actually produced something they have an uphill battle it doesn't mean they can't be successful i bet there's plenty there yeah. but i'm just saying they have a very uphill battle because if we can't speak the same language how can we communicate if we can't communicate we can't trust if we can't trust you're just an asshole <laughs> Yeah, the the communication there is key, and I and I know that this is, you know, been repeated many times over, but it it it's so true, right? Um, you know, they have to learn how we work, and you know, the whole processes involved in order for us to produce a yeah. good product, and vice versa. You know, we'll meet them halfway. We have to learn the lingo, mm -hmm. you know, we have to spend some time really understanding, you know, business and metrics and, you know, their world as well so that we can meet, meet each other halfway. But if, if you don't have a PM who's willing to learn, I would say that's the biggest yeah. thing for me. Like Seriously. having the experience is like a bonus. Like if they have that, then usually you're off to a good start. Usually that's not always the case, but without the willingness to learn and be flexible. Um, without putting their ego yeah. first, like that's, Exactly. Right. That's a good point. That's very true. Um, another thing I would say, oh, know the difference between vision and goals. If a PM knows the difference between a vision and a goal, that's amazing. Now I can write, I, 
I will probably do an episode about this because I'm very passionate about this, but goals are meaningless without vision <laughs> because they're just, they just go anywhere. They just, they don't have a unifying thing. It could thing. be literally anything. Yeah, you can right? just do anything if you don't have any vision. And a vision can't be, well, we want to be the best at this, this, that. Meaningless. Everybody wants to be the best. That is not a vision. And I will talk about this in every in another episode. But my rule of thumb, um, what if I had to sum it up in a sentence, my rule of, or two, like, a vision is something that has to be vague but specific enough to what you're, for what is what are we doing? And it can't be measured by metrics. If you can measure it, it's not really vision. And it has to be aspirational. Yeah, but it has right? to be specific like, enough that it, people have at least, yeah. it's a bearing. We're all going north. Like that's, that helps. But you still have wiggle room to how do you get north, but you still have a bearing. If they do not understand that difference, then just put them on projects until they learn projects that have a set goal and they don't have to think about it. Like you can't see them as people that are going to come up with ideas because they need to know that difference. And it's a massively huge difference. If you've ever been an app that you feel like, why did they add this feature? That means there's no vision. <laughs> that means it's just like somebody just did a random goal. <laughs> Actually, I think that's a great way to kind of spot whether, um, a product manager is playing the part of a product manager or they're playing the part of a, um, a project yeah, manager, point, yeah. right? Because that's kind of like the big key. I mean, uh, you know, both roles can be organized, both roles respect boundaries, clear communication, et cetera. But, you know, that, that, that key difference is the ability to recognize the, the vision and goals aspect and, you know, really align with the team on how to move forward knowing that yeah that's, that's a very good point oh and this one you wrote this <laughs> no they're shit <laughs> please elaborate <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't know it's kind of like when you're a producer when you're a designer or an engineer right you have uh, a level of expertise in your role right like as designers we know you know as much as we can about design about our tools about the ux process Etc. Same thing with engineers. They have to study about, you know, different um, coding languages and they have to be knowledgeable in that realm. And I think a lot of times there's this um, like vision that, you know, maybe product managers don't have to have that same sort of level of expertise. But I think that's false. <laughs> I think that, you know, if, if this person is working in a particular product or in a particular company, they should spend the time to really understand and learn about that um, product space, as well as like the different roles in that team. You know, what does a designer do? What does an engineer do? Like, you know, how do they work? But also like, what is this product that we're building and why does it matter? Um, having a certain level of, of sort of product knowledge, I think, can really help you know, with the, um, you know, weighing out decisions yeah. piece of our roles, you know, everyone, you know, as I mentioned earlier, everyone will chime in on like, what's the perspective from your particular discipline yeah. and the product manager has to kind of look at all of that and say, okay, this is the path forward. Yeah. I think this is where we can meet everyone's, um, you know, meet everyone's needs. Um, but without that, that product knowledge, they're just kind of shooting in the dark. And they may just make up shit. Yeah, they'll just <laughs> so. wing it at all times. They're like, I'm just winging it. I'm like, well, thank you for 
pulling me on this winging it because if you're winging it that means i have to wing it because i'm doing what you're asking me to do so it's just um yeah it's like if you're working on a a gaming team you're working on a you know you're working on a gaming related project and your product manager has no knowledge of what it's like to be a gamer or know anything about gaming like what the fuck are they doing right so at least study but you should always try to put somebody with at least some experience in it. Yes, please. Like, like I remember, I remember once they were doing a bilingual feature, like not multiple languages, and the people that were working on it don't know a second language. And I was like, well, do you need? There's a PM there that knows more than one language. I know more than one language. Should we work on this? Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. I'm like, what? <laughs> they don't even understand. They don't understand, and it actually didn't really work out that well. So. <laughs> It's like, it just, yeah, makes sense. It could have worked out maybe in another occasion, like you said, if they want to learn, but it's kind of hard to put yeah. that mindset. And I'm not saying you always have to relate, but you know, you can't be that far. Um, and they don't have to know everything, just as we don't have to know everything, right? Yeah. It's like you build up expertise over time, especially if you continue to work in a particular, yeah. um, you know, thing. But oh, but I was working yeah, on, have, um, accessibility right and i had to learn a lot about accessibility before i even designed anything like i put my head first and i've learned so much terminology and lingo and everything just before i even put anything and now i have that knowledge and i can just put it up there i've seen pm just dive head first and they're like oh yeah we're gonna do this gaming feature oh have we talked Eh, that's fine it's like so do you think gamers will like this Eh, they'll like it. it's fine (laughs) it's like what (laughs) I think this um this is a really great segue into like what are the the bad bad signs bad PM I would I would say we talked a behaviors. little about both because we've been saying like good things and bad things so I guess a little bit of both yeah. I would say the two one thing that I absolutely two things I absolutely hate and I'm going to use the word hate that PMs do and that's how I know you're a bad PM because there's more I try to see more good in people right but there's two things. One is that you're absolutely focused on metrics and your job is to growth, 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 growth at all costs. That is a red flag for me because that will just make you do messed up decisions. Because what happens is, and I actually want to talk about this, not now, but at another time, they start making a product that they want people to use instead of making a product that they want people to want to use. And they start making really bad decisions. And everything they do is just, I just need people to click this button. And if you ever wondered how websites can end up with so many buttons and pop-ups and crap, it's because of that, that the PM is like, I need people to click on it. Well, what happens if they click on it? Will they enjoy it? Irrelevant. I need them to click on it because I need that metric to grow. That is a big red flag for me. Um, And the other one is playing the telephone game. Absolutely hate it. And Here's an example, a very simple one. Like, I mean, when we were kids, we played a telephone game, or I don't know if they do this now, but you would say something into a telephone to somebody's ear, and that person would say it to the next person, so on and so forth. And then at the end, it, it just completely changed because it's a human nature, right? But they do this purposefully. And this this bothers me because I might not have access to talk to in, to leadership, you know, like directors and whatnot. So you tell them what right. to that what's the status of things. And then they change or what we're building. And then they change the narrative to fit their 
personal needs when they talk to leadership. And then they go you and tell you something also else that leadership said or even hide stuff. Or they make decisions on your behalf or on the behalf of the team without consulting the and team. And then they'll say, right? oh, you, you, they're okay with this. And I'm like, well, they sort of omit the part that <laughs> they were the one that suggested it, right? So I don't like PMs that do that. I think Open communication is fair. If I, it is my duty as well to be open, to share everything I have, to be honest about my deadlines. If I have to do all this and you're going to present my work or you're going to share it or you're going to leadership to do it, there should no be, there should no be no telephone game in between. Like, I don't care why you're doing it. Just don't. It sounds like it's very personal, but I've encountered this in multiple companies and it actually bothers me i'm like uh, yeah we we both have encountered this i um, call them yes people they, they act more like consultants instead of project product managers where their job is to make yeah. them you know it's not user um user experience it's leadership ex experience like they're just trying to make leadership happy so they'll say whatever to everybody to get their way and i don't know Exactly. Feel very passionate about that. I think in the process, I I feel like they are also kind of. I mean, they're being disrespectful, yeah. right? Like that's you wouldn't you wouldn't expect anyone to do that, regardless of what their role is. Like whether it's another designer or an engineer yeah. or like a researcher or whatever. Um, that's just a disrespectful behavior. And so, um, if if a product manager is is showing signs of that behavior and you know they're not able to take the feedback that this is not okay then huge red flag yeah um and i think that that ties in nicely into the next kind of segue here into like why is it so hard to work with pms i think you and i have had many many conversations yeah. on this and i think many of our listeners may have as well um but yeah, yeah so let's kind of dive into that I will be honest. So I have worked with more good PMs than bad PMs. The bad ones just leave a sour taste. I have been stuck at companies with horrible PMs and only like two and it just sucks, right? So I've done, I've seen the full spectrum. And I'll tell you right now, when I've worked with great PMs, it has been oh, amazing, right? And bad ones, like I want to quit the company. Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I just want to quit the company, right? So I think one of the things that... Um, that makes it hard is that it's an influence job. Their job is to influence, right? Because they don't produce when it comes to design. So when you, as a designer interacting with the PM, they don't really produce. They can give you mock-ups about their idea mm -hmm. because it, it's easier to explain some things visually, but then sometimes they do it so, so much or they do so much detail that it's like doing your job for you. And instead of influencing you, they're sort of imposing on you their ideas. Well, if they're already like crafting the solution for the team. Exactly. So they're right, like, I right. found the solution. This is a solution. We're going to go with this design. Just design it. Just, Just build, build it. it. Then you know? they, treat, they treat you like a checkbox. So I think it's hard because nobody likes to feel like they're under a hand, like on being the mouse of somebody, a computer. Like it, it feels very crappy. Imagine... Imagine if like they did that to engineer, which is very strange because I don't see it happening to other fields. It just sort of happens to designers. We're like, I'll design for you and I just need you to do this. 
I think yeah. that creates friction because nobody likes to be told in that form what to do. Because there's a difference between like, I need you to do this. And the other one is like, I need you to do this this exact way because I don't trust you. So this is the, this is the way I want it to be done. Like that just pisses you off. And it, especially if you know you're being manipulated. And just because somebody does things with a smile doesn't mean anything. I bet there's a lot of serial right. killers that killed with a smile. So it's like, <laughs> it means nothing if you're polite. I have um, so many horror stories of this. And I think, you know, this is going to get a little bit personal. But I, I think this is because, um, you know, sometimes I tend to be more soft-spoken, especially if you first meet me. You know, I mentioned this before in other episodes. I lean more towards introversion. Um, and I'm the kind of person that really likes to understand the environment, understand people before I really, you know, make strong statements about what I think or what I want to do. Um, and some some product managers with, you know, ill intent or just ones that are not very great or not, you know, or disrespectful, like they'll take advantage of that. And, um, you know, will will either try to force me to do things that I don't want to do that don't make sense you know, place me in really terrible deadlines where, yeah, you know, it's due tomorrow. Just knock it up really quick. You know, like horrible situations like that or like pinging me like, you know, late in the evening because there's like a a last minute presentation that they signed up for that, you know, I wasn't told of until now really, right? Um, So it's – I think this for me, it really boils down to um, when you have a product manager – who is in that mentality of people-pleasing and being reactionary, like their behaviors are all about self-preservation for for themselves, right? Like looking good, making sure they're putting out a good image of themselves and their um, competency Mm -hmm. to their managers or to leadership. And they don't care about how that's affecting other people in the team. They're, They're not caring for the health of the team and what will actually make the team be successful. And that's super toxic. So if you feel like you're in that situation, I think that's like a really good thing to note and 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 bring up to, you know, your manager because that's not normal. That shouldn't be an acceptable behavior. No, it's, it's definitely not normal. So anyway, so people who are out there, it is hard to work with product managers if they're bad. If they're great, then you have been blessed and you should learn and you should cherish those moments and be like this <laughs> – just, Hold on to them. Yeah, I'm so happy, right? Um, so let's just pivot this into like, like let's end this on the good note. Like how, as a designer, can you, like the actual topic, right? Like how can you work with a product manager? Like what can you do from your side to make the job easier? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry we don't have a PM for this. I didn't want to bring a PM friend of mine to talk about this because we'll just start like fighting. <laughs> I'd rather just be like, sorry, I'm just going to be biased and hit one-sided. We'll do that later. We'll have a guest. Um, But I would say one thing is, from a design standpoint, you should learn the business and the lingo. You have to because Mm -hmm. if it is their job to learn my language, design, and their job is to also learn engineering, I should put in the work to learn their language. And it doesn't mean that's their only language, but that is an A language of them because when they're giving you a a project to do, you know, feature or product from scratch, it doesn't matter. There is a business reason why they're doing it. And there's probably money at stake. And time is money. So the longer it takes, if you start adding scope creep, 
you know, if your designs, you're like, well, this is going to take longer, right? And like you are affecting that and they have business requirements that they're accountable for. Like you should mm-hmm. be empathetic to that situation. Like if you can't understand the business side, then it's going to be really hard to talk their language. It can't be one-sided. The good thing is like, if you do know the language and they can't speak yours, you have the upper hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I mentioned this before, but um, when you can, when you can meet your product manager halfway and, and speak their language, it means that you can have really productive conversations where you can challenge some of the things that they might be proposing or, you know, like, they might have a perspe- perspective on something or a, a, an idea of how to execute something that maybe doesn't make sense to you. Um, but it's hard to articulate like why it doesn't make sense or, you know, a potential solution that you can compromise on if you don't know how to talk to your product manager. Um, and it is our responsibility as designers to challenge the other disciplines, like challenge your engineers, challenge your product managers. Like you can't just expect, oh, I'm just going to be a good designer and like they should just be good product managers and it's just going to work out. Like it is part of our role to to challenge decisions. And, um, you know, like because there's so much information involved in the type of work that we do um, and the products that we're building and the complexities of, you know, working on new technology, um, it could be that your product manager is missing something that you have an uh, uh, an understanding of or like a, an eye on and and you need to bring that insight. So, yeah, learn the language. Yes. But, <clears throat> sorry. Yes, please. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really hard to. Um, yeah, just not wor- working, not knowing the business is like it's a big no, no. You need all the tools you can get so you can fight the good fight. Right. Um, so here's the thing, the role of a PM, let's talk about roles in general. So, so how to work with them, right? A CEO's role is to ensure a company has capital. Every decision they make is seen through that lens. That's all the things they care about. Even their good policies are bad, irrelevant. It's to ensure the company has capital. If you're a manager, your job is to retain talent, support the people you manage, so they don't want to leave and they feel happy. That is literally your only role. It, it's not about to tell them mm-hmm. what to do. It's help them grow, retain talent, whatever it takes, right? So what is a PM's responsibility? What is their role? So their job is to ensure product gets released based on an allocated time and budget. Like it's successful with the specific allocated time and budget. You need to understand this because... If you start designing too aspirational, you're going to piss them off. And they have every reason to be pissed off because they are told, hey, you have three months and these amount of people to do this. And if you start adding scope creep, oh, a week here, two weeks there, it'll totally destroy the roadmap. The leadership is not going to be happy and it'll just cascade down to them and they're accountable for it. So they're the ones screwed. This is one of the main reasons they say no to your ideas. So I always say, when you come up with an idea that you want to present to your PM, ensure that you thought of the engineering cost. You can just talk to an engineer. How long will this take? How complex is it? Will this affect the roadmap? How much effort from your part will it take? 
And if you can suggest this idea, hopefully it's good, and you eliminate all the basic no's, you have a better fighting chance to get that feature in. Because I know it sounds crappy, but you're what you're really trying is that you have an answer for every no they have. So the only thing they have left to say is, because is well, I just don't want to do that. And nobody really likes to say that. <laughs> so try to like when I was a kid, this used to happen. I'd be like, hey, mom, could I go to my my friend's house? And she'd be like, no. So I had to learn. Why would she say no? She said no, because who was going to pick me up? She was going to be tired. The list goes on. So I'd be like, hey, can you can I stay at my friend's house? No. So I'm like, yeah, but their mom said they would pick me up and it's not a school night and blah, blah, blah. And I would just keep giving answers. And then the only thing left for my mom would say be like, well, I just don't want you to go. <laughs> And in a work environment, that's harder to say, well, I just don't want you to do this. So prepare yourself the best you can. Advocate for the things that you think matter. Remember, you only have a very little bit of political capital. So use it when it matters and then just tr propose it. I think that's a better approach than being like, well, you just don't like my design. That's better for users and people would like this more. Ugh, here's research. And like, it's more complex than that. Yeah, I mean, don't, like, intentionally try to become enemies with your PM. Well, that, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that either. Um, I, don't think, I don't think that's the goal, but sometimes that, that tends to be the mentality of designers, especially if you're in a team where you kind of, unfortunately, work in, like, a silo yeah. and you, you know, don't collaborate as much with your other, um, you know, disciplines in your team or with other teams in general, you might get this mentality that like, oh, you know, like you're you're basically going to design everything and everyone's just going to be cool with yeah. it. Um, that's not the case. And I think this actually um, relates to one of my points, which is, um, you know, like learn how to negotiate with your product manager. Yeah. That's part of the process. To be like, I'm going right? to pay you're you this be... amount of money under the table. <laughs> I mean, just like knowing that you're going to have to make compromises, oh, yeah, <laughs> right? And um, yeah, yeah, like, you know, you're going to have a lot of these conversations where it's like, you know, these are my points. These are your points. You know, I think it would be better if we went this way because blah, blah, all those reasons yeah. try to help you get to yes, right? But that, that, that all relates to this idea of like, there's going to be some negotiation with your product manager. They have their role and their goals and you have your role and your goals you're usually you know um, advocating for the users and their needs and yeah. sometimes you can't get all of those conditions into a project because maybe you would make you know the scope of your project way too large for the deadline that you have or whatever but if you can make certain compromises then more than likely you can get like what is needed for that yeah. particular phase of your project. And then you can kind of like tailor it so that like, okay, in the second phase of this project, we can work on these other things oh, yeah. or Break it and up. vice versa. <laughs> like if, if they, if they have all these suggestions and you're like, I can't design all of this or like, this doesn't make sense. Like you can have that conversation and be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this for this, you know, portion of the project for this phase of the project, but then we'll get to your, other idea. I'm willing to explore that other idea that you suggested in the second phase of the project. Yeah. And like, we'll work with research and like, you know, make it like a, um, you know, like a, tantal a tantalizing, yeah, just keep, just, you know, keep, offer, yeah, just right? Keep a mental combo board <laughs> like, what I'm working on and their bullshit <laughs> ideas. And it's just like, I'm just joking. <laughs> no. Well, what was it? Um, I don't think it was you, but it was like someone else I was talking to is like 
get very comfortable with saying like, hey, we're going to table this. Yes. Right? Like I'm not saying like flat out no or like you're wrong or whatever. Like, but let's table this until we have more time or more research or more data or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we're like, I'll look into it. <laughs> it's like your answer for everything. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great. Um, here's another thing you can do. Write everything down. I think that everybody should do this in general, but you should write everything down. And what I mean by that is what meetings did you have? What was the topic of the meeting? What was the conclusion of the meeting? If nobody's taking notes, you take notes. Because it is very easy to say, oh, I didn't say to do that, or I didn't make that decision. And if you tracked it, you can prove it. So try to have conversations open in the team. Don't try to do too many sidebars. And try to write everything down. It, there's no malice here, but it is important that we you keep an audit of what's happening and track of decisions because while some product managers do track decisions, other don't. So just create a habit of you of tracking everything and be like, on this day, we talk this, we're going to do this. So that way, if the next day they go, well, we're just going to pivot and do that. Like you can start showing a pattern to your manager if it gets out of hand, or you can talk to them first yeah. and be like, hey. The last five decisions are coming out of nowhere. My priorities are shifting almost weekly. Like this isn't right. You can't do that if you have no proof. And it's not to show it to anybody, but it's important. Just keep an audit of what the hell is going on. It's very easy to make fire decisions every day. And big ones should be tracked. So it has saved me in the past. I can tell you that. Be like, no, you didn't say that. I also think it's... (laughs) I also think it's a great way to just advocate for yourself as a designer, yeah. right? Like, um, especially as you become more senior, I mean, you should just get in the habit of documentation, like writing out and articulating your thoughts and ideas, because then they have something to reference if they need to for another conversation or if they need to share that with leadership and they can't say, well, you know, like Tiffany didn't explain this to me or she didn't say xyz it's like you could be like well i wrote this down and so you just say this exactly how i wrote Uh it um there's there's no question here so it's really just a way for you to advocate for your your contribution as well uh, on the team yeah and for the good pms out there keep being good train other (laughs) pms to be good like, please. And like for the bad, and I, I I bet there's good PM. I can imagine a friend of mine, you know, basically a PM. She's probably thinking, and I think, oh, but why would they not know this? Or why would they do that? There's a, there's a reason it's a cliche that we don't get along, like product managers and designers. Like there's a yeah. reason. And it's because, unfortunately, there's bad designers and there's bad product managers and Either or or both together is horrible, you know? It's like even working with a bad engineer is bad, but that's not the topic of today, right? So, like, I know that you might think, like, how do you not know this if you're, if you're a PM? Like, how can another PM not know this? Trust me, I have encountered a lot of bad PMs. <laughs> just. Yeah, I know. Especially if that's our PM friend, we're just like, of course it's not. We're not talking about you. Like, not. You get yeah, us. Like, you're yeah, amazing. Like, you're awesome. You have drinks, right? But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we have good examples. We have plenty of those. But I think the reality, and this is the point that, you know, like we're trying to make with these episodes is that a lot of times you'll be in those tough situations and we want to make sure that you're prepared to understand like how to navigate that um, from people who've kind of experienced it. And so, you know, like there's ways for you to um, 
kind of like meet your product manager halfway, have conversations. And then there's also like avenues for if it's not working out, like know how to um, escalate it, know when to bring in your manager. But if you've covered all your bases, you've documented everything, you've you know done your part and learning how to speak the language and clarified your rules and, and all that goodness, then you know, it's, it's really, you know, not on you anymore. It's, it's really up to like your managers, the manager's leadership to kind of step in. That is very, very true. Well, that was the episode for today. Yay. Talked a lot of stuff. Something's came from my heart and your heart. And I hope this helped a little (laughs) bit understand product managers. Like I said, there's a ton of good ones out there, a ton of bad ones. There's a ton of good designers and bad ones out there. We're just talking. Like you said, it's important to be able to at least have some context. And I don't know. We just felt like talking about it. <laughs> so there we go.